0: Good Thursday and welcome to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Glad to have you along here today. We'll bring you feature agricultural news reports along with a look at regional and national agricultural news. And we'll start with regional agricultural news headlines right after this.
1: Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. BeeHero Hero accurately evaluates your bees pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior Bees, Superior Pollination.
0: California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson has been reelected to a two year term as one of six executive board members for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Johansson, who will represent 13 Western U.S. states on the executive board for the National Agricultural Organization, was elected during AFBF's 104th convention held recently in Puerto Rico. He says it's an honor to continue to serve during this critical chapter for America's farmers and ranchers. He says they are working to pass a new farm bill in Congress to secure the food and to help family farmers at a time when more than 50% are reporting negative earnings. He is also committed to ensuring that construction begins on the long-overdue federal and state water storage and conveyance projects, according to Johansson. The California Farm Bureau works to protect family farms and ranches on behalf of nearly 29,000 members statewide and is part of a nationwide network of 5.3 million Farm Bureau members, according to the organization. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack has announced his agency is expanding efforts to reduce the risk of wildfires in the western U.S. Funds will be invested to directly protect at-risk communities and critical infrastructure in 11 additional landscapes in Arizona, California, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. It's no longer a matter if wildfire will threaten many western communities. It's a matter of when, according to Vilsack. This announcement means over $490 million will be used to restore national forest, including the restoration of resilient old growth forest conditions. Ethylene Control Incorporated plays a vital role for many growers, packers, and shippers by helping them to extend the shelf life of organic and conventional produce through the control and removal of ethylene during the packing and shipping process. Ethylene gas is produced by certain commodities, and they take that gas out of the air and slow down the natural decay process, according to Dave Biswell, president and CEO of Ethylene Control, headquartered in Selma, California. He says, for example, lettuce turns brown because of ethylene gas and cucumber's turn yellow. There are all these different decaying factors, and they just slow that down by taking the bad stuff out of the air. One of the ethylene control's key products is OMRI-listed superfresh sachet. According to Biswell, a single sachet per box protects produce from the packing line into the retail backroom. The company's products also include a clean air filtration system for cold storage rooms, which reduces ethylene levels up to 95%. It also sells ethylene filters, and ethylene blanket filter, and sachets for consumers consumers. Superior Grocers, one of Southern California's largest independent supermarket chains, currently operating 70 locations, is pleased to announce Richard Wardell as president and CEO effective on January 30th. Wardell brings more than 40 years of grocery experience to the table. He began his career as a courtesy clerk and continued to advance in his profession, experiencing in many ranks of the grocery industry. He was Director of Operations for Save Mart, Vice President of Operations for Rayleigh's Food Source Division, and in 2014 became VP of Operations for. For superior Grocers. Wardell held the roles of SVP of Operations, CEO, and his current role as President. In his new role as President and CEO, he will continue to oversee all aspects of the company. The Gleason Family Vineyards' Santa Ynez Valley portfolio of brands, which includes Robler Winery and Vineyards, Refugio Ranch Vineyards, and Buttonwood Winery and Vineyard, has officially announced the launch of food service at the Hospitality Group's Buttonwood Farm Winery and Vineyard, a 106-acre property in Salving, California, in the heart of Santa Barbara County wine country. Buttonwood's new food menu was created by Gleason Family Vineyards Executive Chef Peter Sham in tandem with Buttonwood's new proprietary sous-chef, Lee Gottheimer. The new Buttonwood Farm Bites menu debuted on January 14th and will be offered Friday through Sunday of each week. The opening version of the menu, which will expand in the coming months as the fields and orchards begin to produce spring fruits and vegetables, will lend itself to Buttonwood's family-friendly American farmland atmosphere. California's recent storms have brought record amounts of precipitation but have also revived a perennial debate at the state capitol over water storage and management. By some estimates, more than 32 trillion gallons of water have fallen on the state since the first storms hit in late December. On a levee overlooking the swollen Sacramento River last week, a group of Republican state lawmakers criticized their Democratic colleagues and Governor Gavin Newsom for not prioritizing new projects to capture the deluge. Overwhelmingly, that's flowing out to the sea in not being captured, according to Assembly Republican leader James Gallagher, gesturing to the water, which was running high and fast. He says not being able to set aside and utilize for the purposes they have in California, including farming and drinking water. Gallagher and other Republicans called it a failure of leadership by Democrats and called for more investments in water storage both above ground and below. A large reservoir is planned for the northern Sacramento Valley, but has been undergoing a lengthy permitting process. Construction at the sites project is estimated to begin in 2024 with operations beginning in 2030. According to the site's project authority, the reservoir could have captured 120,000 acre feet of water between January 3rd and January 15th if that had been operational. Typically, one acre foot of water is enough to serve two urban households for one year. In 2014, voters approved Proposition 1, a $7.5 billion bond for water storage projects including the site's reservoir. Newsom has approved $8.6 billion since 2021 on drought mitigation measures, including reservoir expansion and repair, improving water conveyance infrastructure, and streamlining permits for groundwater and new surface storage projects. California isn't waiting to act, according to Newsom in a press release. He says they're moving aggressively to modernize how they can capture and store water to future-proof the state against more extreme cycles of wet and dry. The governor has acknowledged the observed length of time it can take to get water projects permitted. In his state budget proposal, the governor said he has implemented strike teams between agencies to speed permitting for sites and other prop one storage projects a water strategy plan put out by his administration last august set new targets for additional water storage along with increased water recycling desalinization and conservation according to the report california will lose 10 percent of its water supply over the next 20 years due to a warming climate a bill proposed by assembly member Devin mathis a republican from visalia would codify new Newsom's water storage goals, 3.7 million new acre feet storage capacity by 2030 and 4 million by 2040. The governor set these goals, he said. This is just codifying it so they can hold his feet to the fire. According to the governor's office, Prop 1 projects, including sites, would add 2.7 million acre feet to the state's water storage capacity, about three times the capacity of Folsom Lake. The Division of Water Resources is also working to add 135,000 new acre feet of storage to the San Luis Reservoir, which is a critical water resource for farms in the San Joaquin Valley. While the recent series of atmospheric rivers led to catastrophic flooding in parts of the state and broke some precipitation records, climate scientists say the state's regular wet and dry cycles will only become more extreme in the future due to a warming climate.
1: Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop putting nature to work for you.
2: Energy savings are a hot-button topic in the last few years, as the conversation about renewables, swells, and bottom lines are being affected. Certain operations in ag, specifically on the processing side, use large amounts of energy. In the winemaking sector, technologies for improving energy use efficiency have been slow to adapt compared to other industries. At this year's Unified Wine and Grape Symposium in Sacramento, California, chemists and winemakers from UC Davis and Barringer, respectively, spoke on a panel about a readily available option for reducing energy costs called pulse cooling, which negates the need for a continuous stream of coolant in wine tanks.
3: So we implemented pulse cooling. This was another concept of Roger Bolton's. Um, When I went back for my PhD in uh, 2014, by 2015, we had a new build. And we were able to implement pulse cooling. And so what you do is you put in a, another temperature probe. But this one actually measures the actual glycol in the jacket or that pillow space for all tank manufacturers in the room. And it's a small little, what they call a cascade program. And so what happens is this, you you, pull, you pulse in glycol and the little temperature probe in the glycol says, OK, I'm cold. And then it stops the glycol in the back stops the, the valve from flowing. And then when it warms up to within a set driving force, uh, we, and we can set that um, in, in the winery, it then goes along and says, now I'm warm. And the refrigeration valve opens up again, pulses in, and the process continues until your wine temperature probe finally says, I'm, I'm cold. And so that's how it cools. but it's batching, it's batching. We monitored uh, continuous flow versus pulse cold. Pulse flow. Uh, continuous goes in, and if it picks up a degree Fahrenheit going out, I'd be shocked. Um, so you've, you've, you're pumping around this, this thick, cold glycol all day long. And by the way, if I can make money on pulse, on glycol, pumping glycol, I'd take that. Because we pump far more glycol than we do wine. We really are in the business of refrigeration, guys. Um, and we pump, uh, it was when I did the study, three times more glycol than um, the pulse cooling. The nice thing about the pulse cooling also is, is that it um, sends back warm glycol to refrigeration plant. And your refrigeration plant wants warm glycol. It doesn't like making small, tiny, little changes down towards 32 or whatever you have it set for. So it's a much more efficient um, way of handling uh, your, your glycol and your cooling in your tanks.
2: The idea of pulse cooling originated from UC Davis when chemical engineer and professor Richard Bolton began to champion the energy-saving method in winery design. In various trials, it's been found to have a 30-50% to reduction in energy costs while achieving the same results, albeit in a slower amount of time. Additionally, less coolant to one tank means more coolant available to other tanks connected in the tank lineup, further improving efficiency. Again, if you're pulsing your coolant into individual tanks, this now allows you to have coolant available to reach other tanks. And so if the first tank in the line only happens to be calling for coolant a tenth of the time, now all of the other tanks that are further downstream are going to have uh, greater access to that coolant as well. So.
3: Yeah, great point, Ron. Hopefully you hopefully you haven't experienced this, but if it's, I call it the end of the line problem. Roger calls it the end of the line problem. Especially noticeable during fermentation. Uh, the first tanks ferment exactly like you want them, and the last tank on the line is, is bubbling over. is bubbling over, and that's, I've seen it in real life, and it makes a nice mess on the floor. But if you're trying to make a consistent line, the first one in the line, the last one in the line aren't the same.
2: Pulse cooling is typically an add-on to existing software and wineries that already regulate cooling. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Jahlstrom.
4: JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States.
1: Everywhere you go, you see west coast not magazine on the, every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything That's, that, it's there so they're reading
4: our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go our live events continuing education webinars and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders let jcs marketing help you connect
0: The American Farm Bureau Federation and 17 other organizations announced a legal challenge to the new WOTUS rule. Farm News reporter Michael Clements has more on why the groups decided to file the lawsuit.
5: The American Farm Bureau Federation and 17 other organizations are challenging the new Waters of the U.S. rule in a lawsuit. AFBF Deputy General Counsel Travis Cushman says the new WOTUS rule once again gives the federal government sweeping authority over private lands. So the EPA just came out with another rule which doubles down on the significant excess test, which is this unworkable test for jurisdiction of when the federal government regulates farms and ranches. And so we filed our lawsuit to stop it. Cushman says the new rule is vague and creates uncertainty for agriculture. We think that a farmer and a rancher should not have to hire a team of lawyers and consultants to figure out what they can and cannot farm on their land. This rule doubles down on that, and we simply want to respect the limits of the Clean Water Act and what a farmer can and can't do on their land. The new rule comes as AFBF and others await a pending decision from the Supreme Court in the case Sackett v. EPA related to a former version of the rule. It highlights how insane it is that EPA is going through with this rulemaking now. That decision, which could come out at any time now, will likely delineate the scope of what the Clean Water Act is. For the EPA to try to jump the gun here and do something before the Supreme Court says what the proper limit is, makes no sense, and it creates more confusion in an area that has already been with confusion for the past 10, 20 years now. Michael Clements, Washington.
0: Farm lending activity continued to gradually increase along with further growth in loan sizes. The Kansas City Federal Reserve says the average size of non-real estate farm loans was about 20% higher than a year ago and drove an increase in lending volumes for the fourth straight year. Average interest rates on farm loans rose sharply alongside higher benchmark rates and reached a 10-year high, putting additional upward pressure on financing costs. The outlook for farm finances remained favorable alongside elevated commodity prices but increased in interest rates, challenging weather, and high production costs remain key concerns. Higher expenses contributed to a rebound in lending last year, but strong income and liquidity likely limited the financing needs of many producers. Looking ahead, elevated operating expenses could put additional upward pressure on loan demand. Lending activity was 7% higher last year. Production expenses have increased by 15% since 2020 antibiotic use in dairy animals is just to help the animal overcome illness Mark Vanderlist a veterinarian with Berenger Ingelheim says that the challenge is to help them overcome the sickness without furthering resistance and allowing antibiotic residue into food products he says it's important to work with a veterinarian who knows your herd as well as they do other tips include following label directions carefully producers need to mark and separate all treated animals every employee should be easily able to identify any treated animals and make sure to keep de- Detailed records of all treatments given to each animal in the herd. It's also important to remove all doubt by making a protocol for treating animals as airtight as possible. Dairy producers take the responsibility for antibiotic stewardship seriously, according to Vanderlis. He says while many already have strong measures in place, it's always a good idea to fine-tune existing protocols. USDA is creating the National Clean Plant Network. Jennifer Moffitt, USDA Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, explains what the National Clean Plant Network is. The National Clean Plant Network is is really a partnership with states, with tribal nations, um, so that we're collectively together testing plant varieties for plant diseases, as well as treating those plants and then maintaining starter plants that are healthy and available to the industry. For specialty crops such as fruit trees, grapes, hops, berries, citrus, roses, sweet potatoes, and and so much more that are free of targeted plant pests. Jennifer Moffat, USA Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs.
1: Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together.
4: Our My platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.
0: That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening.